Welcome back to the Cycling with Watts podcast. I'm your host, Jared Watts, and this is episode number 16. Yes, 16. Thank you so much for listening today. If this is your first time listening, the Cycling with Watts podcast is all about getting you out on the bike more, doing that by bringing you all of the latest news from the Pro Peloton, bringing you all the fascinating little gizmos and gadgets and new bikes and new shoes and new brake cables you know if that comes up all over in the tech world bringing you maintenance clinics on how to keep that bike running as best as possible so you can go outside or go indoors wherever you're riding at and have the best ride possible on your bike and then training tips to make sure that your body is ready to go for all the training that you're about to put in how to recover from that how to make your training better so yes that is all covered on the Cycling with Watts podcast, release two podcasts a week, one on Tuesday, one on Friday. Tuesdays are for pro news and for tech stuff. Fridays are for maintenance and training tips. And today we got a loaded show with some news coming out from Il Lombardia, the Hammer Series in Hong Kong, Simon Yates, what's up with him? Also Alejandro Valverde. Of course, he's going to be in the news because he's in the new world champion. We're going to get into his new bike, new kit, and some of the things he just had to say. And then over in the tech world, we got some new news coming out from Rafa. If you listened to this podcast before, you know I love Rafa. So we're going to talk about Rafa. But yeah, let's uh, let's roll that sting music. You know, the ever-lovely orchestra sting music. Here we go. Well, that was just so lovely. That orchestra music plays us into every show, and we're going to kick off episode number 16, talking about Il Lombardia. So that race just took place. The winner was Thibaut Pino, which congrats to him. He's had a little bit of a rough season. The Frenchman who rides for Groupama FDJ hasn't necessarily lived up to his standards in a way you could say. He was very hopeful after the 2013 season during the Tour de France, and he was kind of looking to be the Frenchman who was going to win the Tour de France for the first time in a long time. Since then, we've also seen Roman Bardet come up, be on the podium twice at the Tour de France, and Thibaut Pino was supposed to be that shining light, but he also had a tough Giro this season where he got distance pretty good in that final week or so, blew up kind of just like... Simon Yates did, and so he fell out of contention there. Didn't do too much in the Tour de France, but he has ended his season with an Il Lombardia win. So congrats to Thibaut Pino. Who did he beat or fend off for that win? Well, no other than the Shark himself, Vincenzo Nibali of Bahrain Merida, who has also had a tough season after breaking a vertebrae in the Tour de France, and he really just hadn't seemed to gain form. He rode the Vuelta, rode the World Championships. Just hasn't seemed to be himself, which is totally understandable after breaking a vertebrae, and so I I hope to see him bounce back next year, but Vincenzo Nibali was out on the front for a lot of the day, put in a lot of hard work, showed that he was kind of back to form for the first time that we've really seen since he broke that vertebrae. But Pino was able to drop Nibali with about 20 kilometers left to go and soloed on to victory. Vincenzo Nibali did come into contention 
with Ian Izaguirre and Domenico Pozzovivo for second place. He was able to fend those two off because it looked like they were going to beat him out for a podium spot, but the Shark was able to fend them off and take that second place. So I hope that means that Vincenzo is on the up and up when it comes to the recovery, when it comes to his form. You just kind of never know how people are going to bounce back, especially from an injury like that where a camera strap grabbed his handlebars. He went down, finished the stage, which was impressive to know that he broke a vertebrae, but still finished the stage. So I hope that means that he is going to come back for a strong 2019. What other races were going on? Well, over in Hong Kong, the Hammer Series wrapped up, and Mitchelton Scott continued their dominance in the Hammer Series as they took the win there over Quickstep, who took second, and Mitchelton Scott has kind of dominated those Hammer Series races this year, so congrats to Mitchelton Scott. And kind of another big thing for Mitchelton Scott, Simon Yates is going to be the World Tour Champion. Now, is that a big deal? Yes and no, I would say. Being the World Tour Champion just means that you are the top of the rankings of the World Tour for that year. <clears throat> so yes, that is a big deal. He is beating Peter Sagan, Alejandro Valverde, Garen Thomas, Greg Van Avermaet, Elia Viviani, Michael Matthews, Julian Alaphilippe, Chris Froome, and Tom Tamoulin for the top 10. Now, basically, that just means that all of those guys did well in Grand Tours, which is, you know, good for them. But then also, just because you win one one race doesn't mean that you should be at the top of the leaderboards necessarily. So I kind of have mixed feelings on that. But he is going to be crowned the UCI 2018 World Tour Champion. But that doesn't mean that he is ranked number one in the world, which is kind of confusing because there's another world ranking and he's actually behind Alejandro Valverde and Elia Viviani is in third there with Simon Yates being second. Now that is based on a rolling 12-month basis. So even though he is the 2018 World Tour UCI champion, he's technically not number one in the world. So it's kind of confusing, but anyways, congrats to Simon Yates and Mitchelton Scott for that. Now, Simon Yates does deserve it. He dominated the Giro until he fell off in the third week, won the Volta. So he is uh, he's had a great season. This is a great way to cap it off. And then also, with Mitchelton Scott... Matt White says that Esteban Chavez is going to climb back to the top. Now, Matt White kind of has to say that, being that he is the director of that team. It's kind of like the head coach. And if the head coach said something bad about a player in baseball, football, or basketball, that would be all over the news that that coach doesn't have confidence in that player. So, yes, Matt White does have to say that. But Esteban Chavez has had a rough couple of years, and this year, he was out of the Giro early, and he was you know, picked to be kind of up there in contention, helping out Simon Yates as well to that win in the Giro. Of course, that didn't happen, and Esteban Chavez lost a lot of time quickly 
didn't really know what was going on with him. Came out later that he had gotten mono, and so he was recovering from mono basically after the Giro. Didn't start training again until August, and then from August, it's been a slow recovery training program to get back on the bike. But Matt White says that he is looking to be back in form for next year and that he's going to have a strong 2019. I hope to see that from Esteban Chavez because he was touted you know, as a big Colombian rider for Mitchelton Scott. He was their guy really until the Yates twins were going to come of age in the past two, three years of the Tour de France. But now that the Yates have come of age and have shown that they can win at a world tour, well, a grand tour level, at least Simon Yates, I don't necessarily know where Chavez fits into that overall scheme, but he is definitely going to be a key asset if he can come back up to form. And that could be a really, really strong team in Mitchelton Scott if Esteban Chavez is able to regain some of that strength and get back to the form that he was promised to have. So I hope that he is recovering well and that he does come back to that and everything Matt White is saying isn't just fluff and, you know, trying to pump a rider up, but that's real subset stuff. What else do we got going on the contract side of it? Ben Swift, 30-year-old, who rides for UAE. Hasn't had the best two years with UAE Emirates, and he is going to be leaving them at the end of the season. He doesn't have a new team yet, but he said that he's close. I know that is breaking news, but Ben Swift says that he's close on a contract. So I thought I would share it, but yes, so Ben Swift is close on a contract. Hopefully that news comes out here shortly but he will be leaving uae emirates that is for sure two guys who have extended their contracts mark renshaw extends his contract with team dimension data where mark cavendish recently said that he will be extending his contract so i kind of think those two go hand in hand at least that is my speculation on that and Luke Rowe extends with Sky. He has been a longtime Sky rider, and he is going to continue his journey with Sky. Now, two guys extending their contract and one guy ending his career. Now, this one was known. It was coming. He rode his last Tour de France. This year, he has ridden 16. Or he's finished. Finished, excuse me. Finished 16 of the 18 Tour de France's he has started. So he definitely has... A uh, a good pedigree when it comes to the world of professional cycling. He has been in professional cycling for 19 years. He is a six-time French time trial tra- champion. He has worn the yellow jersey. And his name is Esteban Chavanel. So Esteban Chavanel is done after this year. And, yeah, he's had a great career. 19 years in it. I just can't imagine finishing 16 Tour de France's. I mean, so few guys get to amass that many Tour de France's. I mean, he has more Tour de France finishes than a lot of guys have Grand Tour finishes. And that's just absolutely staggering. So, congrats to Esteban Chavanel on a great 19 years in the Pro Peloton. And we don't know exactly what he's going to do next after cycling, he hasn't announced that he's going to go venture off into anything new necessarily, but he's done after 19 years. And another guy in the news, of course, because he just won the world championships, is Alejandro Valverde. 
Now, Alejandro Valverde, a little bit controversial when he won the world championships, being that he was banned for two years in 2010 through 2012 after being found blood doping in the Operation Puerto, where they confiscated a bunch of blood bags. They did the DNA and found that Valverde's DNA matched one of the blood bags. Therefore, he was popped with a two-year cycling ban. And so after he won the world championships, people were basically, there was kind of two sides. A lot of people in the peloton, at least what we heard was that they were very happy for him. He even said it himself that his rivals were happy for him. And that's cool. I mean, to have a guy who's very well respected that even his biggest rivals are happy that he won. And so I think that really shows and speaks to his character. But then also a lot of people outside of the sport said, well, this is where cycling is still rearing its ugly head from the past. And, you know, we we just can't have this. And I think it's a lot of hooey, if you ask me. That's a great word. Feel free to use it today. Just, uh, you know, sitting in a meeting. That's Huey. You know, not the person Huey, but Huey. I don't even know if that's a word. But I'm going to use it still. And so I think that is a load of crap. There's a better word instead of the word that I just said. Because in any other sport, if you live in the U.S., you have basketball, football, baseball, hockey, the major sports. Baseball, we've seen a lot of drug, steroid stuff go on in the past, you know, decade, two decades. When someone serves a suspension and a ban, they come back. People remember it, but they get over it. They move past it. They serve their time. They're able to go on do greater and better things and you know let's say a guy gets popped for steroid use he hit a bunch of home runs comes back hits a bunch of home runs nobody really questions whether or not he's still using steroids or whether or not that had anything to do with it they assume he's clean because he's still being tested watched even closer and they get over it they allow him to hit his home runs and they don't question it that's why i'm a little bit frustrated with alejandro valverde that we are six years removed of him finishing his suspension not even doing the the doping and we're still questioning whether or not he should be world champion because he did that people make mistakes people screw up people cheat they get caught for it they get punished they serve their time they come back as long as they have stopped uh, to me that's all that really matters i mean he missed two full years two years that's a lot of money out of the door that hurts your fan base that hurts your sponsors i mean that hurts the whole part of your life two years that's a long time so i think that is kind of crap that he is still getting questioned on that and he even said it himself in a recent interview they asked him you know basically what what are the effects from that and do you think that you should still be at this level and i'm paraphrasing of course but he was like that's a load of crap basically that you should even be asking me that question still and i agree it's been Six years since he got done with his ban. Probably eight years since the last time he doped. I don't know for sure. I'm just speculating. But I think that is that is garbage. But Alejandro Valverde himself did have kind of a you know positive spin on everything. Later in that interview, he said the, the health of cycling is strong right now. And, and he sees it progressing forward and in a good state at this moment. Now, I am paraphrasing. But he thinks it's in a good spot. Another thing that he said, you know, was that his greatest rivals were 
happy for him and happy for his latest win. So I think that's great. I think we should all be happy for Alejandro Valverde, the fact that he's 38 years old. Now that could also bring into speculation that he's 38 years old and still dominating at the highest level, but I don't think that he is. I think the Peloton is very clean in general, and he alluded to that as well. So more on Alejandro Valverde in the tech section because we got a new bike, well, a new paint job for Alejandro Valverde's bike that I am going to talk about. So this brings us to a close on pro news. But before we close on pro news, of course, we have to talk about the one, the only, Peter Sagan. Yes, those sirens mean that it is time for Sagan Watch. Sagan Watch is a new staple on Tuesdays when we talk about pro news. Well, we end it with pro news because what better way to end pro news than talk about, you know, the beloved, the myth, the legend, the everything that is Peter Sagan. Well, Peter Sagan has a new book called My World by Peter Sagan. And I just ordered my copy, so I thought I'd let you all know that you can order it right now for 14 and some change on Amazon. It doesn't ship yet, though. It is shipping December 5th, but Peter Sagan has a new book, and we get to get the inside scoop on everything that is Peter Sagan, get into his head, learn about races, learn about training tips, learn about his life as a pro. He's going to go through all that stuff. At least that's what we have been told. The cover is amazing. It is like Peter Sagan screaming at you. So I like it. Also, interesting little touch. I just realized this by looking at the cover. So the cover is him screaming with his name in the back, Sagan. It says, my world, nice and small. And he's wearing... Actually, we don't know exactly what jersey he is wearing because we only see it from a little bit below the neck and up. So we can see Bora Hansgro just on his shoulders, kind of where the traps are. And then we see the world championship bands around his neck. So did they do that on purpose so you would only see the bands around his neck, not the full uniform, so you couldn't date the book as much? I just noticed that. So 1462 on Amazon, that is in American dollars, and it uh, ships on December 5th if you buy it from Amazon. So there you go. Go get a book from Peter Sagan, the one, the only Peter Sagan. That's it for Sagan Watch. Yes, the second time you hear those sirens means that it is the end of Scan Watch. But that's okay, because now we're diving into tech. So what's going on in the world of tech? Well, first we're going to talk about Alejandro Valverde's new bike. And that is a Canyon Ultimate. So, not a new bike per se, but a new paint job. He is a world champion. He got a new kit with the rainbow bands on that it's a little plain not plain looking but I, I don't like the movie star above it it's a good uh it's a good kit i talked about it in last week's podcast he's wearing black shorts so that is good but now this week he does have a new paint job for his canyon ultimate now to start with i don't love the actual paint job on the bike but i like all the other finishing pieces of 
kit on it. So I'm going to describe the bike, but go look at a picture of it. So the bike is a white base frame Canyon Ultimate, white saddle up top, black seat post, black stem, white handlebar tape. It's got all campy stuff on it, including the entire group set, and the wheels are all campy with elite water bottle cages. So the frame itself, down the seat tube, he has the classic rainbow bands. That looks very nice, very nice touch. I like that. And then you move into the front of the bike and it kind of fades from white into blue, red, black, yellow, and green to signify the colors of the rainbow. But as this moves into like the middle of the top tube up to the front of the bike and reaching into the fork, it's almost like a spray paint ombre look. So the top of it is this blue color that looks like it's spray painted with red down below it fading into black, black fading into yellow, yellow fading into green. Now I don't love this because of the spray paint effect. I would just like nice solid lines, solid colors not fading into each other like the seat tube has with those rainbow band colors there. So I'm not in love with the way this looks. Also I feel like I don't know, it's almost too much. The bike is mainly white and then it fades into this pop of color at the front. I, I feel like it's a little bit too much. I'd like it to be a little bit more simple for my personal taste. But still, it's cool to see him riding a bike. He's going all out for everything that he can for the world championships, which he can. He can do that. He is the world champion. He can do whatever he wants. And I like it when people add nice little bits of kit to signify you know, this type of achievement. So I do like the rest of the, the bike, though, because he has the World Championship colors in some nice little spots. So he's riding Campionalo Bora Ultra wheels, and in that Bora Ultra, the logo itself, it's got the World Championship colors in there, and I think that is super, super nice. Super nice. Not overdone, very simple, very clean. Love that. And then also on his front chain ring, he's got little bits of world championship colors in there on that front chain ring. So I think it's a nice subtle detail that looks very nice, very clean. So don't love the actual bike frame itself other than the seat tube, but like the wheels and the chain ring, that front chain ring. So still exciting. Also, he is wearing a white helmet now. And I think white helmet looks good, but I think it's a little bit boring, a little bit plain. I wish that had a little bit of kit design to it. I'd like to see more of a black helmet probably with some bits of the rainbow colors mixed in there. But still cool that he is kind of going all out. I wonder if he'll be pulling out any other stops to add to his kit. So first the his actual kit that he's wearing came out. We got to see that. And then now his bike just got released so i thought that was cool also talked about rafa now two things came out with rafa actually a lot of things have been coming out with rafa lately i talked in last week's podcast about how they are making a partnership with ef education first and ef education first is going to embrace that partnership and start racing some different styles of races they're going to be in gravel races fixed gear races long endurance races 
and all forming out of this partnership with Rafa because that's where Rafa sees kind of the future of cycling and that definitely shows in the clothes that they're putting out and shows in the media pictures videos coming out from Rafa but two new I guess one's not that big but one is pretty big so Rafa is now going to be sold on Wiggle which Wiggle is a UK based site and that is a massive massive website for all things cycling I would say in America people use it but not a ton I know I personally don't use it as much as uh well I I don't necessarily need to I get stuff through my own company but that is huge because Rafa has stayed away from the wholesale market they have stayed away from other distributors of their clothes they've kept everything in house and this is the first time that they are moving out of house so I think that is cool in a way it shows a step forward and at least the brand evolving in a way whether that is good or bad I'm not here to judge that but they were bought out a year or two ago and we're starting to see some of those changes come down the pipeline so they are closing some of their clubhouses around the world and reducing some of those some jobs and the partnership with Wiggle is in response to that so we'll see how that goes for Rafa the thing I have liked about them keeping everything in-house is they are able to well from a brand side not necessarily great from a consumer side they're really able to manage the prices on all of their clothes which from a distributor side if everybody is selling you know widget a and a massive online retailer can just slash the price then that hurts all of the smaller little businesses so i think that's cool that rafa has just kept it all in-house and they're able to make whatever price they want but moving over to wiggle does also show that they are looking out for the consumer they're probably still going to hold you know a good reputation with their brand and they're going to control that relationship with wiggle to make sure those prices don't drop and they become you know a less sought after brand. So that is one news with Rafa. The second news with Rafa is that they teamed up with Apple. Yes, Apple, the cell phone, the computers. I currently use a ton of Apple products. And they teamed up with Apple to make a series of bags that fit specifically Apple products. So they got a mini messenger bag for the iPhone that fits the iPhone perfectly. They have iPad bags, they have laptop sleeves, they have all this stuff in beautiful Rafa design. It's based, from what I can see, looks like the Brevet line with that nice solid pink stripe going across it mixed in with a full, so one of the cases I'm looking at is a sleeve for an iPad and it looks like a puffy puffer jacket that is all navy with that pink stripe going across it with pink rafa in there they have black yellow and navy blue so i think that is cool that they're teaming up with apple showing that they are trying to increase that commuter line they put out a lot of good commuter clothing and this is another way to get yourself branded out there but then make specific products for your users so i think that is cool so kind of two things coming from rafa where they're putting the consumer First, making their clothes more accessible 
through Wiggle and then making some cool products specifically for what their consumers are using outside of cycling. So congrats to them. So also in the world of tech, kind of a new tire flat prevention system is out there. So in recent, I would say year, tubeless tires have become really big. They were big on the mountain bike side, then they moved their way over to the cyclocross side, and now they're making their way onto the roadside. Now, we don't necessarily see pro riders using tubeless yet. They don't necessarily need to when they're in events like Strada Bianchi, Perry roubaix but as, and they don't need to because they always have a team car behind them. But on some of these races like Perry roubaix they can get caught with a flat and not see their team car for two minutes, you know, where they have to rely on neutral service. So I think this is something that we are going to see move into the pro peloton is tubeless tires, especially because it looks like we're going to have more gravel events in major tours, in one-day races. I think we're just going to have more gravel across the board. And I think Rafa is banking on that as well with their new partnership with EF Education First and having their riders be in more diverse events is they see that that is what the people want. That is what the consumers want. That is what they want to see. So I think Rafa is kind of banking on that as well. So it's a side note from a clothing company of talking about tubeless tires, but we could see that move more towards um, the roadside. But Vittoria and a tire company called Tannis have partnered up to make an insert that you can run a tubed tire like tube list. So tubeless is great. If you don't know what a tubeless setup is, there is no tube, hence the tubeless. But there is a sealant inside of there that if you get a hole in your tire, that sealant will fill that hole. Therefore, basically you don't flat. Some of the advantages are one, that you don't have to worry about flatting, of course, but then you can run lower tire pressures to get a better feel for the road, the mountain, the gravel, whatever you are riding on, and you don't have to worry about a pinch flat because you don't have a tube in there. Some of the disadvantages to tubeless is they are hard to set to that rim as you usually need either a special pump for it or an air compressor to fill that with air quickly so that the tire seats on to the rim correctly. There's been a lot of, you know, it's tough to get that tire on there and then filling it up with air can be tough and then messy sealant and re-upping sealant and stuff like that. There's some downsides to it, of course. So that's where Tannis has come up with this insert that goes in between the tube and the tire and will give you about 20 millimeters of protection. So the insert itself is about 15 millimeters thick and then another five millimeters with whatever tire you have on there, in this case, Vittoria. And so it'll give you about 20 millimeters of protection from flatting. And from what they say is it it's like riding tubeless with, with the tube in it. So you can run it with lower pressures. And as you can tell from my voice, I am a little bit skeptical of this. It, uh, doesn't scream excitement from my end. I think it's cool if it does work, but I don't, I mean, all I've seen is drawing. I haven't seen, you know, real life application of this yet. I wasn't able to find that. So when I'm thinking about how an insert is going to sit in there, 
just it looks like it's going to be a little bit difficult to get the insert over the tube in the tire unless it fits really nicely into that tire and then you seat one half of that tire on there pop the tube in seal the rest of the tire around it that's how you do a normal tire tube combination when you got to change that and if that insert can lay nicely in that tire during the changing process that'd be great other than that I you know I, I just seem like I think it's gonna be a little bit difficult to keep that insert exactly where it should be and then also comes down to ride feel you know I haven't ever tested a full I don't know what, what you call it a full tire per se Tannis actually has a full tire that has no tube on it it's all rubber so instead of a tubeless tire that is you know looks just like a regular regular old tire this Tannis full tire is the entire thing is full of rubber so that uh well it looks more like a full oval on the inside of it and i was watching a video on how to insert that full tire and it looks like it takes a long time along with needing special tools and just going through a lot of work to have a full tire on there. Now, not saying that it's more work than setting up a tubeless tire, but I think you're, you're going to get a better road feel with a tubeless tire as opposed to this full tire. So when it comes to the insert, a little bit of both, I just feel like you're not going to be able to feel the road as well. It's going to feel clunky. It's going to add weight to your bike. So for road biking, you know, do you want to sacrifice a puncture here and there for weight? Now, if you're riding in amateur road races where you don't have team support, you know, you could certainly add a little bit of weight on in order to not puncture because if you puncture, you can be screwed, especially on a road race. At least in a crit, you have the chance to get into the to the pit, get a new wheel, or have the mechanic change it quickly and you get that free lap. But in a road race, you could be screwed. So, you know, I could see the why you would add a little bit of weight and sacrifice that for for a race purpose but when you're out on the road it does suck to to flat but you got the time to do it you know so it's i I wouldn't sacrifice any road feel bike feel anything like that for five to ten minutes on the side of the road changing a flat because it doesn't happen that often for me at least so maybe you have different feelings on it but yes this insert is just doesn't seem that great to me so i don't love it i think it's cool that they're innovating though and that they have a i do like to see bike innovation and new tech out there i just don't love this one necessarily so going on to something a little bit more exciting with wheels zip wheels they're super nine carbon clincher disc so the back disc of a time trial bike is releasing to the public now that is not a uh, a big news because that is already out there but the limited edition colors to celebrate their 30th anniversary now you saw these wheels in the world time trial champion when tram canyon on the women's side had different color back wheels on each of their riders bikes along with matching over socks and i thought it looked fantastic out on the road i thought it was really cool to see all of them lined up well now you can buy those colors you can buy white yellow blue or magenta or classic black and you can add a massive amount of pop to your bike if you have the money for it which if you know anything about zip wheels they're they're expensive but they're also very good they've been tested in the pro peloton and they've been proven to be amazing 
amazing wheels. But if you want to add a pop of color, now you're also adding an amazing wheel onto your bike, but also with a pop of color, you are going to spend $2,875, that is 2,429 euros, and 2,169 pounds. So you are going to pay for it, but if you want to add a massive amount of color to your bike, to your kit, go for it if you have the money, and just make your bike absolutely stand out when you are flying through the streets on your time trial triathlon bike, whatever that may be. Now, moving over to a different piece of kit, but something that you can also customize and really stand out with is Giro. Giro Aether Helmet is allowing you to customize your own helmet. So again, like Zip, you really get to customize your bike because there is not a lot of options for colorful wheels unless you are riding fixed gear. Giro is giving you that same opportunity with a helmet. But with a caveat. So Giro, their Aether helmet is their latest greatest helmet that came out this year and they're giving you the chance to customize it with a mass amount of designs that you can choose from and different ways to customize it. But they are only doing that every Tuesday, at least from what I can understand. So every Tuesday, 12 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, the website portal opens or don't exactly know how that works. I tried to customize my own helmet today and for one, it loaded forever. So I didn't actually get to the customizing part or see if I could place an order. But from what I can understand is the first 25 designs that are made on Tuesdays after 12 a.m. Pacific Standard Time will be made. Now you have to pay for it. It costs $400, which is somewhat expensive for sure, especially for a helmet. But you get to customize it in a lot of cool different ways. So every Tuesday, 12 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, this portal opens and the first 25 designs will be made as long as you pay for it. It's not like you get it for free, at least from what I am understanding. But still, it's really cool that you get to customize your own helmet. There is not a lot of customized options out there in the world of cycling from the standpoint of a lot of other sports and a lot of even active lifestyle. You know, you have Nike ID where you can customize your own shoe and color that you want there. Adidas has their own. I don't think Under Armour does, but in in baseball, I could always get a customized baseball glove if I wanted to. There was a lot of options to customize things with the colors that I want to get my name on and stuff like that. In cycling, it's a little bit more difficult. There isn't like necessarily a big brand that lets you customize it online. Super easy, super accessible to, you know, the public and everybody that is not a pro. The pros can get whatever they want. Well, at least most of them can. And so I think that is cool that Jero is doing that. I hope... I'd really like to see them move it to their shoes and allow you to customize the shoe. Now, from a brand standpoint, I can see why they wouldn't want to do that because it's costly and takes up production time, but I still think that would be really cool if they moved over to their shoes. If you could, kits might be a little bit difficult, but if a brand came out with a kit that you could customize, do all the colors that you wanted. Now, you can customize a kit, but you usually have to order in quantities, work with the brand for a while. It's not like you just get to do it all online like a Nike ID, something like that. So, 
that is all I got for tech news today. We went over Alejandro Valverde's new Canyon Ultimate. Rafa's on Wiggle, and they partner with Apple, Vittoria, and Tanis team up to do those inserts. Don't love that one, but I do love Zip Wheels, and you can customize your bike. And along with customizing your bike, you can now customize your helmet as long as you get that window and you are the first 25 design. So that brings today's episode to a close. This is episode number 16. Thank you so much for listening. Really, I appreciate it. And if you want to get more of of me, follow more of me. You can find me on Instagram at Cycling with Watts. Find me on Twitter at Cycling with Watts. And you can go to cyclingwithwatts.com. That is my blog, which I will be updating for next show so that everything I talk about on the podcast, you can then go to the website, check all of that out. So that is it. Thank you again for listening. Seriously, I appreciate it. If you do like the podcast, really recommend you to share it with a friend and you know get them get them on board because at the end of the day I want to get more people out on their bike. I want to give people more confidence out on their bike, teach them a thing or two, keep them updated with what the the pro Peloton is doing because that has kept me motivated through a lot of things to, you know, just think that I can be a pro. And every time I'm out on the road, I get to feel like, hey, maybe I'm Chris Froome, maybe I'm Alejandro Valverde. And, you know, kind of in a cheesy fanboy way, I get to I get to do that. And I, I want to share that pro news so that you can feel like that out on the road too. You know, you sprint for your local line. You can feel like Peter Sagan out there. So, yes, please share with friends. Tell friends if you like the podcast. Other than that, have a great rest of your Tuesday. And we'll see you back on Friday for maintenance and training. Let's listen to that orchestra music one more time. (laughs) 